0: 1 Thessalonians 5:18 and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus Concerning you. Welcome back to Bible Time. We're looking at verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 5. We're nearing the end of this first epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Thessalonian church, a church that was born in trouble, a church that was born in battle, a church that was beaten down, a church that was persecuted, a church that had problems, a church that was very young, a church that had been separated from the apostle early on, but a church that was in samples. These people were in samples to all the them in Macedonia and in Achaia because their faith toward God was spread abroad and they had a reputation throughout the whole region for their faith toward God. This church was given many wonderful exhortations from God that we've been looking at over the last couple of months and we get down here to the final chapter and Paul starts rattling off bullet points that each of them and every one of them could be a sermon. Rejoice evermore. We looked at pray without ceasing. We looked at verse 18 and everything give thanks. Thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you next we'll see quench not the spirit despise not prophesying prove all things hold fast that which is good abstain from all appearance of evil as we go through these we'll find every one of them is worthy of a sermon I'm not sure how the Lord will order these messages but today we're at verse 18 in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you it's interesting that when Paul talks about rejoicing he gives two words rejoice rejoice evermore. When he talks about praying, he gives three words, pray without ceasing. Whenever he gives his bullet point on giving thanks, he says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, which is about 17 words if I counted it right. Let's look at that there. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 words there that God gives us in the midst of this little List of important truths that Paul is commanding the Thessalonican church to embrace and he gives 17 words to giving thanks. Now, most people, myself included, would think rejoicing needs a lot more words. We would think that praying without ceasing needs a whole lot more words. We would think that that quenching not the spirit, boy, that's a big topic. It's an important topic. It's an overlooked topic. And we would think that that would require much more words. Perhaps some people would say, no, it's the prophesying. That's what we need to really zoom zero in on, but very few people that you would pull or talk to would probably be the first ones to raise their hand and say that the one thing that Paul of all those things would emphasize the most would be giving thanks. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. That means in happy things, in sad things, in good things, in normal things, in scary things, in worrisome things, in bad things, in weird things, in everything give thanks. Some preach that this only means that you thank God for good things, and that when bad things come, you thank God for good things, even though there's bad things, but that's not what this verse says. We're going to look at this verse in the light of Scripture today, we're going to look at three Psalms that each in their own way deal with different areas of things to thank God for. We're going to look at Psalm 105 first. You can turn that way, get over there to the book of Psalms and we'll look here at this Psalm that opens up in, and it opens up with the words, give thanks. Psalm 105, not And this is, most people say not all the time or every time you should thank God for everything. You should just thank God for some, for the good things. And when something bad happens, you just endure to the end. You just endure and wait through and you sit there and suffer patiently and suffer long and try and just get through your great inconvenience, get through your disease. The Bible says that in every thing to give thanks. It doesn't say not in every time. It doesn't not not say every single time that something happens it says in everything give thanks this means in sickness and in health this means in accidents and on purposes When something happened you didn't want and something happened you did want. This means in hope you give thanks. This means in failure you give thanks. This means in strife you give thanks. In war you give thanks. In famine you give thanks. In pestilence you give thanks. In disease you give thanks. In life you give thanks. In death you give thanks. In peace you give thanks. In safety you give thanks. In everything the Bible says give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There are a few verses in the Bible that deal with the will of God for your life. A few key verses. People all the time, especially teenagers, seem to be looking for the will of God. How can I discern the will of God in my life? How can I discern what the will of God is for my life, for the spouse that God's going to give me for my life, for the one that I'm going to marry? How can I discern God's will for my vocation? How can I discern God's will for my calling? How can I discern God's will for what I do next and where I go and what I say? How can I discern God's will for what to buy, how much money to save, what missionary to support, what pastor we need for our church when we don't have one, what church we should go to when there's churches, but we don't go to church. We always want to know the will of God. And there's a few things in the Bible that talk about knowing the will of God. Romans 12, two talks about being renewed in your mind, not being conformed to the world that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This takes a renewed mind and in everything to give thanks takes a renewed mind. The old man cannot thank God when there's no candy. The old man cannot thank God when there's no ice cream. The old man cannot thank God whenever his package finally shows up and everything inside is broken and he can't get a return. The old man will never thank God for bad things. The old man very happily thanks God for ice cream. The old man very happily thanks God for a beautiful wife. The old man very happily thanks God for a nice car. The old man very happily thanks God for a big fish when he's out fishing and he finally catches the big one. Anybody in the whole world can thank God whenever your apple tree has two extra bushels of apple on it at the end of the year. Everybody in the world can thank God whenever they win the lottery. Everybody in the world can can thank God whenever they have 10,000 more dollars in their savings account than what they thought they had. Everybody in the world can thank God when things are going good, but it takes a renewed mind. It takes an unnatural spiritually minded person to be able to thank God in the bad things. And we're going to look at that today. Um, Here in Romans 12, it tells us again, and be not conformed to this world. The world thanks God for good things, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be changed into the likeness of Christ. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our text here today says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That means give thanks when that lady you thought was the love of your life and had to be the right woman for you to marry says, absolutely not. Jack hit the road. And you go crying home with a broken heart and no ring and the ring you took with you still in your pocket and not on the finger of the beloved whom your heart desired. You have to, if you're a spiritual man, give thanks when you're rejected. Give thanks when you're jilted. You say, how do I know who my life partner is? Who the one is for God that God has for me? I'll tell you a key in everything. Give thanks. Give thanks when you're single. Give thanks when you're solo. Give thanks when you're lonely. Give thanks when... Nobody seems to like you and nobody's paying attention to you. Give thanks when your best friend marries the girl that you thought was the right one for you. Give thanks whenever you're all alone all over again. Give thanks whenever your sister gets the man that you thought was the right man for you. Give thanks in everything. Give thanks. The natural man doesn't want to do that, but God wants you to do that. And God wants you to be able to do it with a clear conscience. And there's power in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, All through the Bible, there's many places that we could go. Jehoshaphat is one of them. I don't have that in my notes right now. Don't plan on going there unless the Lord changes my mind, but I wanted to mention him. You can study Jehoshaphat and see the power of giving thanks when things are bad, giving thanks in the face of great difficulties. Now, let's look here at Psalm 105. Now, we're going to look at three areas when it's good things, we're going to look at that, that's Psalm 105, when it's normal things, and then when it's bad things, we're going to look at what it means to give thanks in the good things, what it means to give thanks in the normal things, and what it means to give thanks in the bad things that come in life. Now, first of all, in the good things, whenever we have good things happen, usually most of us are too busy to thank God for the good things. Let's look at this Psalm of David, or it may I'm not sure who wrote this Psalm, but it's in the Psalms and God's the author of it ultimately. So here in Psalm 105 he says, Oh give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O oh, ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Now, here in this psalm, you're going to see mention of some miracles, but what you're going to see is that while God is even doing these miracles, these good things, these people are forgetting God in the midst of the miracles. It just said, glory ye in his holy name, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. So let's look at this psalm here. It says, he hath remembered his covenant forever. Verse eight, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He break the whole staff of bread. This is taking us up through the time of Abraham and how God miraculously brought Abraham into the land of Canaan and said, I'll give you this land and reproved kings for their sake and protected Abraham, protected Isaac, protected Jacob, brought a famine into the land, broke the whole staff of bread. Verse 17, he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant whose feet they hurt with fetters he was laid in iron now we could kind of tag that on the bad things there if we really wanted to if we remember later we may try and go back and pick it up probably won't probably won't probably forget it so that's why we'll just hit it right here he's saying thank god for his wondrous works give thanks unto god for his wondrous works now it's easier for you to thank god for what god did to joseph to preserve your life than it would be for joseph to thank god for the fetters and the iron that god had given him in order to preserve life does that make sense today it's easier to thank God for the bad things he allows in other people's life that result in good things in your life than it is to thank God for the bad things in your life knowing that God will bring good things through the bad things Let's pray before we get any further into this thing. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you'd give us unction and utterance and wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and Lord, that you'd give us hearts to give thanks. Give us wisdom to give thanks, Lord. Give us hearts that are obedient to you and thankful to you, even in the bad times. Please bind the devil, Lord, and let your word go forth with power in spite of him. Loose your will, loose your power, loose your soundness of mind in my life and in, the, in these lives that are here and the lives of those that will listen to this online, send us a blessing from heaven, Father. Give us understanding of your word and unction and utterance in Jesus' name. Amen. So here it says, Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Verse 19 of Psalm 105 The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. Now that part we would call a miracle. We're not apt to call it a miracle when we get our feet hurt with fetters and we're laid in the iron. But without that first miracle, we wouldn't have the second miracle, and we'll get more to that later. But here, he made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, verse 22, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham and he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies he turned their hearts to hate his people to deal subtly with his servants again you find a bad thing mixed in here and in all three of the places we're going to go we're going to find all three of these things you say why do you keep harping on the bad things because that's the one we do the worst at it says that he turned their heart to hate his people to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. Listen to this series of miracles that God's going to do. This series of miracles that God will do to deliver his people. He turned their waters into blood verse 29 and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spent And there came diverse sorts of flies and lice in all their coasts. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also in their fig trees and brake the trees of their coasts. He spake and the locusts came and caterpillars and that without number and did eat up all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant and he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness and gave them the lands of the heathen and they inherited the labor of the people that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws, praise ye the Lord. So here the psalmist says in Psalm 105, give thanks, oh give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. In the midst of all these great deeds that God did, often what happens in the midst of great deeds is we're so busy enjoying the great deeds. We forget to thank God for those deeds. Hold your place in Psalms and go to Luke chapter 17. Let's look at a New Testament example of this ingratitude that is natural to us, that's embedded in us, this ability to be so busy enjoying the blessings of God that we're too busy to say thank you to God and what a sin that is to be too busy to give glory to God, too busy to say thank you to God. Here in Luke 17, go to verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and as he entered into a certain village there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now here you have one man out of 10 men that came to give thanks. 10 men got healed. One man came back to give thanks. What were the others doing? They were obeying Jesus. And this is important to realize 10 men left because Jesus said, go 10 men went to the priests because Jesus said, go to the the priests. Of the 10 men that went to the priests, only one man stopped and went back and gave thanks to God and gave glory to God. Do you notice here that Jesus ties giving glory to God to giving thanks? I've often wondered, how do you give God glory? How do you give God glory? God gets glory in everything that he does. How do you give God glory? You do it just the way this psalm started out. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Giving thanks is giving God the glory that is due his name. When we fail to give God thanks, we fail to give God glory. When we are so busy with the blessings that God gives us that we forget to tell God, thank you for blessing us, we are stealing the glory. When God sends a great harvest and people are getting saved all over the place and you're so busy going from one house to the next, going from one ministry to the next, going from one pulpit to the next, going from one work to the next work, always busy, always working, always laboring for the Lord, but you forget to give thanks to God, then you are stealing God's glory. And it won't take very long before you do what our next verse says in first Thessalonians 5, 19, and you quench the spirit. It is absolutely necessary that we give thanks to God. That means to tell God, thank you for what he has done. And this is something that makes a lot of sense to us when, God gives us a miracle that we want, when God fixes the vehicle that we've been praying for, whenever God sends rain to a drought-filled valley where the farmers haven't had any rain for their crops and they've been praying and asking for rain, it makes sense to give God thanks. But the irony is that in those times when it makes sense to give God thanks, you have so so many things to do because of the blessings God's heaped upon you that you often forget to thank God. And this is a sin and it is a grievous sin in the eyes of God too busy to give God thanks too busy to stop and say thank you too busy to take time to give glory to God brethren that is too busy if you are too busy to glorify God you are too busy dial it back the the fields, the harvest fields, even the spiritual harvest fields will wait. And they can wait when God sends the rain, when God sends the answer to the prayer, when God sends the great move of the Holy Spirit of God. One of the only ways that you're going to see a great revival continue is if God's people take time out to say thank you and to give glory to God. That's like putting fuel on the fire. Now here's really probably the crux of the issue. When God starts to bless, we think, hey, God really just finally figured it out. God finally realized that if he would do his job, I could do my job and God's work would get done. I'm so glad God figured out to hold up his end of the bargain. And we start getting this proud, arrogant mindset without even knowing we've got it, thinking that the work of the Lord depends on us and forgetting what it was like all those years, all those months, all those days that we prayed and fasted and sought God's face for the fire sought God's face for the rain sought God's face to do a mighty work and we forget that we did all of this ministry work before and had no results no lasting results and that it was dead and dry and it was a drought and so now God sent the rain and now everybody wants to listen to the preaching everybody wants to hear the singing everybody wants to read the tracks everybody wants you in their city everybody wants the work to go forward and we forget that the work is not what took the word and work and made it go forward in the first place. It was God and the power of God that launched the work of God and gave the work of God power to change lives. And if you won't stop and give thanks to God, then you'll find that the, that the power dries up. And pretty soon you're left with the work and no power. And you're back to having to go back to God for that power again. And who now knows how long it'll, get, it'll be before that power? Comes again because God's ways are not our ways, and God will share His glory with no man. You got to take time to be holy, take time to give thanks, take time to give God the glory that is due His name. In Psalm 106, the very next song, Psalm in your Bibles, it says, "Praise ye the Lord! Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and is um, for His mercy endureth forever." Psalm 105 spoke of all the miracles God did to birth the nation of Israel and bring them into the wilderness across the Red Sea. Psalms 106 kind of picks up where Psalm 105 left off and he says praise ye the Lord oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever and it begins with thanks not for the mighty acts not for the miracles not for the great things that you're seeing happen but rather for the steadfastness of God normal everyday goodness of God that never changes God never changes he said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee his mercies are new every morning great is thy faithfulness the Bible says so this is the everyday goodness of God that the psalmist is having thanks given for and telling these to give thanks for praise ye the Lord oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord who can show forth all his praise by the way on the normal days one of the ways that you thank God in the normal things is by remembering the abnormal things that God did and remembering his goodness that he did in time gone by verse 3 blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times remember me O Lord with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people O visit me with thy salvation that I may see the good of thy chosen that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. He's remembering the wonders that God did, and he's remembering that our fathers did not remember the wonders once it got back to normal life. Look at what he says at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, verse 8, he saved them for for his name's sake that he might make his power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that, them of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Verse 12 then believed they his words, they sang his praise when the miracles happened, they believed God and they sang his praise but look what happened when the normal things came when the normal times came whenever it was a normal thing like going out and picking up some more manna, picking up another bit of that coriander seed taste and stuff that's like wafers with honey it says they soon forgot his works they waited not for his counsel but lasted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert the normal days came the normal picture day, the normal take your tent down day, the normal line up day, the normal march along behind the cloud day. Oh, God was still with them and the pillar of cloud was there in front of them and the pillar of fire by night, but they got used to it and it all became normal and the normal things hit and the normal days hit. And the Bible says they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert and he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord, the earth opened and swallowed up. Dathan and covered the company of Abiram and a fire was kindled in their company the flame burned up the wicked they made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass they forgot God their savior which had done great things in Egypt the normal things came and they started worshipping the normal things instead of worshipping God instead of thanking God for their cattle they started worshipping cattle verse 21 they forget God, their savior, which had done great wonders in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said, (coughs) therefore, he said that he would destroy them had not Moses his chosen stood before them in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. "...but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord." Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto baal and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague brake in upon them. Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed, and that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes, because they provoked his spirit so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. So here over and over again in the normal things, they got used to normal old Moses and rebelled against normal old Moses. Instead of thanking God for the normal things, the fact that they had a Moses, the fact that God sent them a Moses, they forgot God, their savior. They murmured in their tents against God. They got sick of the normal old food. They got sick of the normal old leadership that God had put over them. They got sick of the normal old march through a miraculous wilderness followed by water from a rock that a flinty rock even though God had done these wonders it all became normal to them and their normal life became a drudgery and their normal life became a burden for them to bear and they murmured against God and forgot their Savior and did not give thanks, did not give glory to God when they got to Canaan, look at verse 34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them but were mingled among the heathen "...and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Beware the sin of thankless normality." When God allows you to have some normality, God allows you to have peace, God allows you to make a living, God allows you to do the things that you need to do... And you forget that it's God that's doing it. And you start to think that it's you that has earned your living. It's you that has bought your farm. It's you that has built your business. And you start to get full of pride. It's you that gave birth to those babies. It's you that raised those children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you forget God in the normal things, in the everyday things, in just the mere fact that you got to wake up after a night's sleep. You forget to thank God for sleep. You forget to Thank him for the food that's on the table It's just normal food after all Not a feast And pretty soon you're not thanking him anymore You become unthankful And begin to murmur Because it's normal Beware the sin of despising The normal things That God gives you in your life It says, They shed this innocent blood, verse 39, Thus were they defiled with their own works and went to whoring with their own inventions. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against His people insomuch that He abhorred His own inheritance. And He gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand." Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction. When he heard their cry, he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to- everlasting and let all the people say, amen. Praise ye the Lord. We're going to look at a couple verses in the new Testament. You can hold your place in Psalms. Go to Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. The Bible says that in him in Christ, we live and move and have our being go to the book of Romans chapter (coughs) one. So there in the book of Acts, our very breath that we breathe is a gift from God. And we forget to say thank you. We just breathe and breathe and breathe. Day in and day out in our sleep we breathe. and we forget to thank God for the air that we breathe. Look at Romans chapter one and verse 18 for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them for the vi- invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now the creation of the world, these are the normal things, normal dog, normal tree, normal wood, normal metal that we turn into normal old nails, normal buildings that we built out of the things that God created, normal old fossil fuels that we pump into our cars so that they'll drive down the road, normal old coal that goes down, the normal old steel that was made out of normal old ore that the normal old trains carry to the power station to give us electricity, all of these normal things that God has made and that man uses, the Bible says here in Romans 1, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God is saying that the normal things in this world declare that he is God. God is saying that the normal, average, mundane, everyday things that you encounter, from the breath that you breathe, to the sunlight that warms your skin, to the clouds that come overhead with the rain filling them, everything from the wind, to the dirt, to the Ocean to the land to the little bugs that crawl across the grass, all of these things declare that God is God. And instead of giving him glory, we become vain in our imaginations. Look at verse 21 because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible and changed. The glory, the glory, the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. The unthankfulness of man in the normal things is what. Leads to the perversion of man in the normal things. Unthankfulness leads to perversion. Unthankfulness leads to sodomy. Look at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their Error, which was meat. <clears throat> And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So here we find that these that would not give thanks to God in the normal things are those that God turned over to do inconvenient, abnormal things and dishonor their own normal bodies. And instead of even going into the normal pleasures that God has given and the normal things that God has given, Given you the good food and the good air to breathe and the good sunshine to warm you and a good wife that you can be married to for your whole life. Instead, they became unthankful, became vain in their imaginations. They glorified not God and he turned them over to reprobate minds. Beware the danger of unthankfulness in normality. Normal things. We forget to thank God for the normal things, and it's a sin. But what about those bad things? Now, here's where we'll lose 99% of most of the people that listen to this thing, most likely, because this is where the natural man really revolts. It makes sense to praise God when the Red Sea parts. And it makes sense to praise God for the little bit of dirt that you're walking on through the Red Sea, that normal old dirt. And it makes sense to thank God for the normal air that you breathe and all the normal things around you. That can make sense to us when we understand that God is the Creator. But the third part here that we want to look to today, the bad things. This doesn't make sense at all. This is something that faith triumphs in, but the the folly of our fallen natures revolts against and fights against. We fuss. When God sends bad things, we fuss. And this is sin. Go to our next psalm, Psalm 107. <clears throat> The third psalm in a row to say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, the third time in a row. And it says, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And this is the basis and the foundation that God gives us to thank God for the bad things. You say, Well, I thank God when I'm going through a bad thing, but I don't thank God for that bad thing. That's because you don't understand God. You do not understand that God is sovereign and God is in control and there's not a sparrow that falls and there's not a hair of your head that isn't counted that God doesn't know about when it falls off your head and you fail to recognize the sovereign hand of Almighty God in the bad things and that's why it doesn't make sense to say thank you God for my flat tire. Thank you God that I'm sick. Thank you God that things aren't going right. Thank you God that I lost my business. Thank you, God, for this unreasonable tax bill that I have no way to pay. Thank you, Lord God, for these things that you've given me. Thank you, Lord God, for the bad things. But if you understand Romans 8 and verse 28 says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose, then you can thank God in the bad things and for the bad things because you know that even the bad things are given as little gifts from God, little gems from God, little opportunities from God to glorify his name and watch and wait for his mighty deliverance because he will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with every temptation provide a way of escape. Here in, in Psalm 107, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. <coughs> Lord, being our help, we'll look at this psalm real quick. We have here the wilderness wandering in verse 4. Wilderness wandering, there can't be anything good about wandering around in a wilderness. Look at it in verse four. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So, in the wilderness, wanderings, God is sovereign and God has a plan and God has a purpose. And in the midst of that wandering in that wilderness, faith says, Give thanks to God. But that foolish flesh says, Oh God, Why are you letting this happen to me? I'm your good servant. But faith says, Thank you, Lord, because you're going to deliver me. Secondly, here we see bars in darkness. It says in verse ten, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron. I can't see anything good about that. We read about Joseph, who was laid in fetters of iron. And you know, you can look back as an Israelite and you can say, Thank you, God, for binding Joseph in fetters of iron and throwing him in jail, because if you hadn't done that, we would have all died. I wouldn't even exist. My people would have ceased to exist. Your promises would have been broken. Satan would have won. And now in hindsight, we can look back at Joseph's fetters and thank God for Joseph's fetters of iron. What God wants us to do is grow up in faith to the point that we can look forward into the unknown, into the darkness, as we sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron, even because of sin, look at verse 11, because they rebelled against the the words of God and contemned the counsel of the most high. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. And we can look forward with eyes of faith that God will deliver us. This here is more specifically dealing with chastening than he is with someone going through something good, but by the way, or somebody going through something bad they don't deserve, but what person has ever really not deserved what they got from God? Can you honestly say that any man alive has ever gotten worse from God than they deserve? How about Job? The reality is that every one of us alive today is as an unclean thing. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I deserve hell, fire, damnation for eternity. If I got what I deserved, I would burn in hell. So even whenever you don't think you've done anything wrong, even whenever you believe your conscience is right with God, if you have a heart full of faith and you're going through a time of chastening and a time of chastisement and a time of testing and darkness and irons, you can say, God, I believe you that this is for my good. And I understand, Lord, that I deserve much, much worse than this. So I'm thanking you, Father, for these terrible circumstances you say that's hard. I agree. That's hard. That takes faith. That takes a renewed mind. That takes the mind of Christ who, by the way, went to the cross with joy. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. He had faith in what God was going to do. It says in verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Next, we're going to look at some fools here today. I hope we're not fools. I hope by God's grace, we'll not play the fool with God, play the fool with men. The Bible says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. I remember an old preacher who told the story. I remember his name is Earl, and he tells the story that he was laying in his filth. He was laying in his vomit. His soul abhorred all manner of meat. He was drunk as he could get. He was high as he could get. He had sinned as much as he could sin. He was at the point of just giving up on life altogether. There was nothing left to live for, but there in his drunken stupor and in his high, an old preacher came down the street and saw him and handed him a gospel tract and told him to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he would be saved. And old Earl, he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ right there in his drunkenness. And he said, God saved him that day. He went home and he got held on to that and he read it and he read it and he read it and he got himself a Bible and 25 years later a little boy that's myself was sitting there one day listening to him tell the testimony of how God brought the bad things in the life of a wicked fool to save him and to save his soul bad things happen to your family members you don't know what God's doing thank the Lord, give him glory give glory to his holy name oh we're apt to fuss (coughs) We say, what have I done to deserve this, God, that my little child should be sick? What has my child done? What has my uncle done? What has my brother done? Lord, cancer. Why cancer? Lord, a sickness. Why this sickness? Lord, multiple sclerosis. This is bad, Lord. Osteoporosis. You name it. Name the thing. And we say, God, why? God wants you to give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And the heart of faith. Can thank God for the bad thing that is happening, knowing that God will take the bad thing and work it together for good to them that love Him, to them that are the called according to His purpose. This takes faith, this takes the mind of Christ. So, next, let's look down here. It says of these fools, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Now we've got these men tossed with a tempest, a storm coming in their life. Verse 23 They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits ends. Then they cry their wits in. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. How about you today? Maybe listening online, maybe here today, maybe you're going through a storm. Maybe it seems like it's gone on for a long time and you've been lifted up to the heavens and plunged down to the depths. One minute there. There's hope. One minute there's there's just depression and sorrow. One minute there's surprise. One minute there's anxiety. It never seems like you can see the sun. You can't see the stars to guide your way through the ocean as these old mariners would do. And here they are like they were in Paul's day on that ship that Paul had many days and nights. They couldn't even see the stars and they were in distresses. But God had a plan and one man on that ship knew God had a plan and he got with God and he stuck with God and he maintained his faith in God and he came through the storm. And I'm telling you, you're going to come through the storm. If you belong to Jesus, you're going to make it through the storm. God sends the storms so that you will cry to him in your trouble. God sends the storms to show his hands strong in your life. God sends the storms so that he can calm the storm so that you know that he's God. Because it's more important for you to know God than to have smooth sailing all your life. And God knows that. And the eye of faith can see through the storm and see that even though it's black and it's dark and it's crazy and it's wild and you don't know how anything's going to work. You can see through that storm and you can see that on the other side, you don't know how, but God is going to work all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. And with the eye of faith in the midst of the storm, you can thank God for the storm. Next, we're going to look at these different travails that God puts upon man. Verse 33, He turneth the rivers into a wilderness. Nobody wants that to happen to their farm. And the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell there. And you say, I'm a good servant of the Lord. I tithe. I go to church. I don't watch dirty movies. I don't tell dirty stories. I try and go on visitation every now and then. I tell people about Jesus. Listen to me, sir. Listen to me, sister, brother. You are are too wicked. Every single one of us is wicked. And we need God to send these travails and these sufferings in our life to keep us in line and keep us walking with him just as much as the straight up wicked hellion does it says and there he maketh the hungry to dwell he turneth the wilderness it says into a standing water and dry ground into water springs God sends the good and God sends the bad and sometimes he sends more bad than good it says in verse 36 and there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase he blesseth them also that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease again they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. I don't want oppression. You can't do that to me. I've got rights. I'm a citizen. I've got, you can't do that to me. Wait a second. What's this affliction? I shouldn't have an affliction. Why is my back hurting? Wait a second. Sorrow. I shouldn't have any sorrow in my life. We fuss at God. But the Bible says again, again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. Sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to want that wonder or causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Verse 41, yet he setteth the poor on high from affliction and maketh them families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. That reminds me of the verse in Peter. He that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. This is God's way. If everything went perfect for you, you would blow out. You would not follow God. You say, yes, I would. Hogwash. Nobody ever has and nobody ever will. No matter how much you want to follow God, if God doesn't send problems, you won't. Because of your flesh nature, so God helps you out with sending problems. That is not something that you want to like or thank God for. But you should. It says, the righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Are you wandering in a wilderness? Thank God for your wilderness. Are you sitting in darkness and in affliction and bondage? Thank God for the darkness. Thank God He didn't let you go on in rebellion and that He sent things in your life to turn your heart back to Him. Are you a fool today? Thank God that He's crushing you if He is because you need it more than anything else in your whole life. Are you tossed with a tempest? You don't know why you're just trying to do business, just trying to make a living and a storm is coming to your life. Thank God for the storm. Thank God for the wind. Thank God for the waves. Thank God for these things that glorify him and show his mighty power. And thank God for his sovereign control over the storm. Thank God in the travails that He brings in your life. When your cattle throw their young and they die there in the pasture and you just didn't get the you didn't get the the buildup of your flock or your herds that you wanted. Thank God whenever your trees cast their fruit. Thank God whenever your business seems to do poorly and you can't make ends meet. Thank God when your truck motor blows. Thank God when your bus motor blows. Thank God whenever the tires flat and you don't know what why? I was going on visitation, Lord. I was trying to do your work. Why have I got a flat tire right now? Say thank you, Lord, for the flat tire. Here's one. Thank God when your dog eats the the light harness in the back of your trailer. Well, that's a hard one. Ask me how I know. Thank God. Thank God in the travails that God sends you. Thank God for the bad things and thank God for the good things in everything. Give thanks. You say, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't either in my natural man, but look what it says in verse 42. The righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. It takes eyes of faith to look through the bad things, look past the bad things, and to thank God when everything looks like it's going wrong, to thank God when somebody you loved more than you could even express dies, and they're dead, and they're gone, and they didn't get enough time. They weren't old enough. They didn't live long enough. Why, God? Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. He's going to carry you through it. You'll be all right. You're going to make it. Thank him because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Thank God in the good things. If you get too busy and forget God, that's sin and you'll probably end up quenching the spirit and ending the blessing long before God would have ended it. Thank God in the normal things. We forget because we just get used to it and you just forget that it's a supernatural thing that God lets you eat even have a normal thank God in the normal things and thank God in the bad things father in Jesus name I pray that you would help us to give thanks Lord that you'd give us eyes of faith and hearts of obedience that will say thank you God when things don't go the way we wanted them to go, when things are going bad, that we'll look beyond our circumstances and look beyond the momentary inconveniences and look beyond the fear and the anxiety and the worry and just say, thank you, Lord, because we trust you. Give us the eyes of faith to see through the storm, to see through the darkness, and to see the light on the other side. We ask this in Jesus' name, and Lord, we just thank you right now because you're so good. Thank Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the good things. Thank you for the normal things. And thank you, Lord, for the bad things. In Jesus' name, amen.